House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're also the Internet's leading source for NBA free agency news. Jason, in the last few minutes when I've been prepping for this pod, have there any been any new developments? Mm, you know, I'm scrolling through Twitter right now. A lot of uh, Belgium beats Japan. So true for people who, people who weren't watching that, which I'm sure I was one of like the three people not watching that. Um Nothing currently up to date. I, cause I, are there any free agents left? That was like the fastest free agency period in history. Like, is it always this fast? And I'm just not remembering like past years. I think, no, I don't think it's this fast. I have trouble figuring out which people are free agents and which people are just people getting traded. It all just blurs right. together. And there's one person in particular I'm interested on where they land. So to me, it's it's not over till that happens. True. But, like, DeMarcus Cousins, not a free agent, right? But they keep talking yeah, about him? That's the kind of thing, yeah, where I'm like, oh, is he, yeah, does he have options? Is he just, uh, it's just a, you know, his contract's, like, almost up, so they're, mm-hmm. yeah, looking to trade him? I'm not, I'm not even sure. But but there's a report, Lakers will target DeMarcus Cousins on max contract, so, you know. There we go. Stay that's... tuned. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the show. In addition to reading... A whole bunch of emails. We had some great ones last week that we, we didn't get a chance to read. In particular, that super-duper long one that you liked from Alex, the former mediocre spinner. We're going to have to – that might be a Jason reading on that one, actually. Mm. Um, and we'll also preview the Lausanne Diamond League, a.k.a. Lyles v. Norman Part 2. Was Part 1 at the Olympic Trials in 2016? Have oh. they run since then? That's – very possible that that might have been yeah that might have been and i'd say it's a little more exciting this time around like i mean hey that yes. was a that was a great race and they both they both ran really well that day um but uh it, they were more pleasant surprises than anything else but i mean also in that race you got you know benjamin you got dream richards uh alonzo edward because it's 200 so it's, it's pretty good i'm excited i think that's one of the races we're going to look back on at the end of the year and say that was a a top race of the entire Season and you said, "Hey, in Lausanne, it's good, but it's not great. But I'll watch the whole meet just for Lyles v. Norman. It's that good." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's on the men's side, that's the main story. There's a decent 5K that you know, kind of depending on how it's run, will, whether it'll actually be interesting or not. Uh, women's side has a little more, you know, a little more depth in there. But yeah, that men's 200 is just too good. Um, men's 200, women's 15. I mean, usually. Usually we talk about what's happened before what's happening. I'm like wondering how far to dive in here. I'm not sure. Well, usually we don't open with free agency. We usually go to the second hour with the, with the, with the free agency stuff. But I, I kind of threw things off from the get-go by, by jumping right in. But we can go back first and then forward and start with Mr. Norman himself, who posted in 1984 in Paris into a headwind, former Trojan teammate, still Competing in Trojan gear. You guys got to turn those jerseys in at the end of the year. <laughs> Otherwise, coach is not going to have a banquet. Uh, Benjamin goes 19.99. So both of them go under 20. 
a well well deserved PR for Michael Norman. If anybody should not have had a PR over twenty seconds in the two hundred, <laughs> it, it was probably Michael Norman. Wasn't incredibly surprised by the time. I think if he ran at USA's and the weather had cooperated, I think he would have run something like that. I don't think anything under nineteen eight would have been um, in the cards. Does this? I guess we can mash this together with this week coming up v Lyles. I mean, does this make you? more confident that he can beat Lyles or or less or about the same? To me, Lyles comes in as the favorite. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Lyles is still the favorite for sure. But, uh, I mean, so what, Lyles ran, what, 19.69? Is that right? Correct. Uh, and he had plus whatever wind, uh, almost two. Two, almost two on the dot, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that right there. And then, you know, uh, the other way you have minus .6 wind. Um, I'm on this wind calculator. I'm trying to figure this out here to see because this. So, mm-hmm. Norman's correct into 19.7, so mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Um, but then if we go plus 2.0 for for Lyles, wow, that gives that. That's apparently a 20.04, which doesn't seem <laughs> right. That seems very aggressive. Um, so in other words, Norman is like 0.34 better than mm-hmm. Lyles. So you are insane for calling him Lyles. <laughs> If he wins by point three four, in 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 Lausanne, we'll we'll have to reconsider uh, everything we know. About I mean, in my head, it was like, oh, those are pretty equivalent times. Like, I mean, it's you know pretty close. Uh, 1969-1984, one with you know headwind, one with downwind. Obviously, it's an imperfect science, but yeah, I feel comfortable calling them pretty close. Lyles, I would give the advantage to, but. Man, I, I, I'm not like 100% confident that he, he's going to win that. We haven't seen either of these guys lose this year. Yeah. It, it's just hard to imagine one of them getting beat. But it's also amazing because we haven't seen either of them have competition like all the way to the line this yep. year either. And in the few instances for Norman, like in relays, whenever he's had competition or someone to chase, the results have been just insane i'm i i'm very i'm very excited about i mean i was excited that he went 1984 to kind of get another guy under 199 on the year that 200 is really turning in into something and it's turning into something even without the usual suspects there's some people who aren't there who necessarily don't even need to be there i mean you give me lyle's norman and maybe one other i'm i'm 100 percent good on that it's just Norman, doing a whole year mostly focused on the 400, I think, whereas Lyles has been doing some shorter stuff but probably more focused on the 200, I think that's ultimately what will give him the edge. I'm. It's weird to think that Lyles is going to get a gap, like, closed down on him over the last 50 meters. Right. But if you believe that this race is going to be close, then the way it's going to be close is Lyles is going to get out in front and Norman is going to shrink the gap but just run out of track in the last 50. Unless Michael Norman is also a ungodly fast 100-meter runner, and we just don't know that yet. And he, yeah, and he might be pretty pretty good at that, too. Um, yeah, I mean, this, yeah, the 200, I mean, it's it's already been a great year. I mean, Steven Gardner, who I feel like hasn't run for a while now, but, like, yeah. ran a couple really good 200s. Um, and some good 400s, like, you know, obviously love him in there. You'd love Van Niekerk, clearly. 
Um, but man, yeah, this is this is really loaded. Benjamin's gonna have you know two guys to chase. Dream Richards, who's mm-hmm. been a very good 200 400 guy being in there. I mean, I you know I still think it comes down to Norman Lyles, but yeah, this is this is a man. This is this is like probably the most excited I've been about a race this year. This is it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. We, well, we go through. I mean, I was probably more excited for the NCAA 400. Hmm. To see Nor- Norman run that, I was also excited. Right. For the, I was also excited for the pre 200 to see Lyles there. But we're going to get in a situation like we did in other years, where by the time you get down to Zurich and Brussels at the very end of the year, everybody's so tired. Right. The season's so long, so much travel. I think the this from now until Monaco is really where the majority of the big marks are going to come. You'll, I mean, people still run fast in Zurich and Brussels. Don't get me wrong. But I think a larger swath of people are going to be running fast. Because look at what you had in Paris. So you have Norman obviously do well. But then you had Kasser Semenya set a PR, 154.25, moved to within a second of the world record. I mean, I guess she could continue to get faster, but it looks like she's queuing up for this. And Monaco, I mean, Monaco's two weeks from Friday, this Friday coming up. If you're going to peak for a meet, there's like a ton of money at Monaco. Why not Why not do it there? I know you want to win the diamond belt and everything like that. And then also, uh, Abdurrahman Samba, 46.98, number two all time, moves Benjamin down the list. So, I mean, I, both of those people could get faster, right? right. I mean, like it's humanly possible for them to get faster, but it's also it's also probably the case that right now is when they're peaking for this this around this part of the season just based on yeah. those times no i think you're right i mean it's yeah and then you know with the i mean you could yeah you obviously hold your peak for a you know a few weeks a month or whatever here so yeah i mean i obviously you'd love to see like samba and benjamin like kind of mm-hmm. square off because that would be that would be incredible 400 hurdles getting a lot of love this year which uh which i'm a fan of now um it's a great event just they put it first all the time. They did. I saw in Lausanne, it's not first. Is that the ultimate sign of respect for Samba? Like, I hey, I think so. Yeah, and it's. I mean, he's running, so that's enough. I guess reason to tune in just by itself. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody can really, you know, just no. match up with him at this point. Besides Benjamin, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he's basically made it that himself. Uh, Semenya, yeah, I mean, like a almost a second PR. Like she'd never gone under one fifty five. Yeah, before uh, and was just. I mean. She's always dominant, you know. She hasn't lost in three years or whatever. But mm-hmm. that was that was even more so than usual. It was just it looked easy, um, and just the last you know 100, 150, she just gapped everybody by a whole lot. I want to go back to Samba real quick and then jump to Semenya if that's cool. Um, yeah. So not getting Benjamin v Samba because Samba or Benjamin said after Paris that he's not going to run any more 400 hurdle races, and this is where that Diamond League final comes back to bite you the setup right because you have to get qualifying points to get to the final it's not just hey here are the eight people we invited (laughs) to the final benjamin's never run a 400 hurdle in the diamond league and even if he ran in lasagne and won he'd get eight points and the eighth place person right now has nine points so there's no Mm. way for him to qualify i guess he could have run it in paris as well too but after a long season, I'm not blaming him. But, I mean, do you think we're going to end the year with that being the one matchup that we wish we saw that we didn't see? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's now, I mean, we got the 200 matchup. I'm trying to, I mean, what other, you know, big 
matchups have we missed out on? There's been a lot of you know people squaring. Certainly in the you know 800 and above, there's been plenty of plenty of that. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of you know throwing, I guess a couple other guys in the in the two, um, that would be the only other thing. I mean, Lyles Norman would still be my first two, I guess, outside of Van Niekirk. Um, but Gardner would be the third guy I'd want in there. But it, it's yeah, I mean, that, that, I think I think you're right. That is the that is the number one kind of missing out. I mean, there's two guy, two guys within four one hundredths of a second of each other, and that are, are both like top five all time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're two and three right now. I mean, tied mm-hmm. Benjamin's tied for third, but and you they could. I mean, you want to see who comes out between the two of them, but you also want to see when both of them are pushed, what's going to happen? Because yeah, is, is Kevin Young's mark actually under threat? Like that that was a time that people didn't think was going to fall for a while. And two dudes who ran in the 48s last year, Sambo was ranked 11th last year, like based on time, had the 11th fastest time of the year, mm-hmm. Benjamin 13th. And now Jeez. these guys are just whiskers away from, from the world record. Um, yeah, I'm moving it into the category of matchup that I think we're going to miss out on this year that we're going to regret the most, but also most anticipated matchup for 2019. I mean, that's, are we going to get like four hurdles ducking each other like sprinters now? <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, it, I guess it's possible, but it seems like 400 hurdles is one of those events where like, yeah, we might see it three to- three or four times next year, which obviously would be way better, or it would just ruin the excitement for world championships. <laughs> I'm not sure how, I can't remember how that works. Um, well, Samba's, I mean, that's, he's from Qatar, the home world yeah, championships next year. That's a lot true. Of, a, lot of, a lot of pressure on him to be, to be ready. I don't know if that'll, and Benjamin just going pro too. I mean, they raced him and Norman both still racing in the USC singlets. So still working out the pro deals too. If you didn't, if you, if you broke a world record and you don't have a shoe sponsor to pay the bonus, number right. one, you're, 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 I mean, you're, you're asking price just went up, which is good, but you also are missing out on a huge payday in which case I, I don't blame him at all. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. So yeah, next year I, I would, I would, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where we don't say, I would guess they, they square off a few times, which you know, at least I hope that's the case, but it, it doesn't seem like the 400s, 400 meter hurdles is not quite like big time enough to mm-hmm. try to pull it off. You know, like, like to have that, that kind of, you know, the hundred, uh, okay, fine. It can, it can do that. But even, you know, even the, even the open four, like when we had, you know, Van Kirk, Merritt and um, James, it, yeah. you know, they, 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 they would face off. Two of them would face off every, every other week. So yeah, I, I think we'll get something like that. I'd hope. Because it's funny how unforeseen was this rivalry. <laughs> yeah, we we weren't we weren't talking about either of these guys as being the best in the world, let alone scaring the world record. Let's go back to let's go back to Semenya. I mean, you said she looked great. She requested no rabbit, Jason. Mm, the Kevin Sully special. Do you like that? I I mean, if you want to win me over, <laughs> that's what you do. I hope in the Berlin Marathon, Ilya Kipchoge walks to the start line, points to all the people in the Footlocker best, and says. Your services are not needed today. <laughs> and then gives them a pair of 4% and they go run away. And then he proceeds to, to break the world record solo. Yeah. I like the move. I think, honestly, I mean, I'm guessing she did this for strategic purposes. And it completely paid off because she ran a PR. <laughs> right. Like, how, do you, how do you argue with this? Yeah, it's, I mean, she always runs from the front. 
obviously, I mean, when she has a you know rabbit, they're out in front. But like, she's not never one to to sit in a race, and we know she's going to make it fast. So, yeah, from her perspective, like, I mean, clearly it worked. So you can't really can't really argue with results when you PR by a second and mm-hmm. you know just completely dominant. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, she's just I, I'm sure she would have won just as easily with the rabbit. Uh, maybe she doesn't go as I don't know how fast the rabbit was going to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, you can't really can't really argue with it. I, she's just at another level, obviously, than everybody else. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm not one of those people like, oh, she doesn't even try and she wins. Like, no, but she's just she's so solid and she's just like I said, just at another level. It's it's the you know you see you know you look behind her and you know Nian Saba is barely gasping past the line and you know Wilson's another two seconds back behind that mm-hmm. and yeah. Semenya's just like business as usual. Yeah, you mentioned people talking about effort. I thought the Steve Magnus tweet was interesting and t- coaches at University of Houston, used to coach at the Nike Oregon Project. I am always intrigued by his his insights uh, on Twitter. He said, Semenya knocks almost a second off for PR to win in 154-25, leading wire to wire with no rabbit. She's getting close to world record territory. Could we be seeing Semenya going for it all because of the new IAAF rule? This could be an interesting summer for the 800. And my first thought, when I read that was, I think she's going for it all, regardless of whether or not there's a new IAAF rule. Like, isn't the whole, the whole ball game to go for it all? I, yeah. So, I don't know. How did how did you interpret that? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, the 800 is a, generally an event where you kind of have to go for it all. I mean, I guess you could say she's, you know, so much better that maybe she doesn't have to run it necessarily a hundred percent to win. Yeah, um, but. I don't know if if you're fi- I mean let's let's play like crazy conspiracies and whatnot here. Mm-hmm. If you're fighting against this IAAF rule, uh, if anything, wouldn't Semenya want to not set the world record? Yes, because if she sets the world record, then it's like well, clearly this you know this rule needs to be changed because she set the world record. She's you know untouchable. She hasn't lost in three years. Blah blah blah. If you know if she were to show some you know hints of vulnerability or just at least not even more improvement. I guess that would be, you know, the argument would be greater. Maybe it's. I mean, it's a. It's it's kind of a ridiculous argument. I guess no matter how you do it. No, that's a that's an interesting point, and I just think it harkens back to. Was it pre. Twenty eleven, whenever the the regulations got put in in the first place, and mm-hmm. then there was a lot of people on TV commentating and and online about. Oh, she's not even trying. She's not even trying, and she's still right. winning. And she, or when she was losing, right? Because we found out later, more than likely, she was having to take drugs to suppress the testosterone. It's like, well, no, maybe that's why she wasn't doing very well. It had nothing to do with well. My my in- interpretation from Semenya is she's like, in terms of how she approaches a race, it's like any other athlete. Like, she's probably trying to go as fast as she can every single time unless it's a race where she's saving herself for another race but mm-hmm. when you get to this stage of the season in these diamond leagues i would be shocked if she was just like no i'm going to i'm going to chill out and no championships to even worry about you know hurting yourself or yeah yeah i mean is abdurrahman sama really going to go for it all this year because of the new IAAF recommendations <laughs> i mean right. is is juan miguel Echeverria in the long jump is the reason he's doing it i mean like why why is anybody performing well i don't because i i guess that implies that she's been holding back all these years which i always found in the same way that you're saying that 
the least way to be uh, under the radar is to set a world record. The other way to not be under the radar is to win gold medals and world championships, which she's done a ton of those. Right. So the whole, all that subtext about, ooh, she could even go faster, but she doesn't want to raise her suspicions. She's at the Olympics winning the 800. <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. I think she's just running her hardest, and because of the way she looks when she runs, people think that she has another gear she could run even faster. That, yeah. I, I think that's just how some people run. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we see, you know, yeah, athletes from, from all sorts of different ones. I mean, even Rudisha would look like that after an 800 yes. a lot of times. Yes. I mean, he looked like a robot, and everyone else would be dying doing their best to keep up. And after a race, he would kind of look normal. Like, he was just at another another level, and it, no one accused David Rudisha of not, not trying at his peak. Um, yeah, I mean, Semenya also, she's running the 1500 this weekend in Lausanne. Oh. Um, with with Muir in there, Arlora, Houlihan's in there, um, Hassan, uh, Sayum, Sagai, Cancel the rest Dikoskai. of the meet. Cancel yeah, the rest of the meet. Mean, 200 and women's 1500. Yeah, women's I mean, that's... 15. And then the 800 has everybody else who's always in the 800. Um, but yeah, that, that women's 15 is is really intriguing. Chance for Ajay Wilson to upset Nian Saba. Right, yeah. That's what she's, she's done before. Um but yeah, that'll be that. I mean, that'll that'll be interesting. It opens up the eight hundred, obviously, to yeah, Wembui, Niansaba, Wilson in there. But uh, yeah, Hulahan getting thrown in there with all, you know, with everybody. That'll be interesting because she's having obviously a phenomenal year. Yeah, I think she's going to go for it all this year, Hulahan. <laughs> no sense in holding back. No, you're right. I mean, that's you never. It's you never know when they're going to make a rule against you all of a sudden. Also in Paris, Ronnie Baker nine point eight eight. How been badly, assuming the U.S. could get the baton around, how badly would the United States beat Jamaica in the 4x1 right now? Oh, man. Yeah, that that, that baton thing is is the only thing that could make it even... ignore that part. Just ignore yeah, that part. Yeah, because, yeah, you could still easily see them losing to China and Great Britain um, <laughs> because they could actually get the get the stick around. But, yeah, I mean, Baker, Baker's been just completely solid this year. I mean, 9-8 highs, 9-9 lows, just one after the other. Um, you know, I don't... I think most people don't think he has <clears throat> like the ceiling of, you know, a lot of these other guys, Coleman and Lyles and everything, but like the dude like could put himself in a position where he could be, he could be a medalist like mm-hmm. consistently, it, it, you know, if he, if he has this and he just takes a small step forward. Um, but yeah, man, that, yeah, yeah. The U S we were wondering when that kind of next wave of sprinters would kind of come because obviously it was, it was crazy there for a little while and, and bolt, you know, can single handedly kind of make things look good. Um, but that guard was getting old, but it's, it seems like at least on the U S side, we're still waiting for the, the next Jamaican group to get here. Um, uh, the young U S guys are here. Well, imagine a U.S. four by one right now. If Coleman was healthy with mm-hmm. Coleman, Baker, Lyles and Gatlin or, yeah. or, or Burrell, right? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's meanwhile, this is what Jamaica is trotting out right now. <laughs> And I, kn- I know this because I just wrote a post about it for Flowtrack about, like, the mid – I did some midway Diamond League grades. And I've been paying attention to Jamaica just because it is the first year post-Bolt. Um, and I guess you could say kind of like that post-Veronica Campbell-Brown sort of era for the women, although that's started earlier. But remember, last year in the 200, the World Championships, no Jamaican men, no Jamaican women in the final for the first time in whatever many hundred years. Like, yeah. Nick Sicardi, I'm sure, has a stat. But it was a long time. Um, 
and they didn't have anybody in the final. But this is who they're trotting out in the 100. So they have Andre Ewers, who Florida State guy. Um, so in, in the NCAA system. I mean, still still Jamaican. Johan Blake. So Ewers, 998. Blake, 10.0. Yeah. The next guy. Fifth, fifth in that race, yeah. Yeah. The next Jamaican on the yearly list. You have to go all the way down to 10.07, right? You look at the men's 200, because I was like, oh, maybe they've just been focusing on 200. So there's <clears> got to <throat> be somebody. I'm like, somebody is not – I'm not accounting for somebody. So Ewers, again, good talent, could be could be somebody who, who makes you know world championship and Olympic finals. But the fastest win legal – I just want you to guess. What's the fastest win legal – time by a jamaican this year hopefully you have not read my article yet because you would i i have not um thanks for the support that was a trap you walked right into it (laughs) did not did not see this article yet you gotta send me these via text kevin that's the only way i'm reading these things um click my links let's see uh well i I can't think of any i'm gonna guess like 2005 20.21 oh jeez. if you can guess who did it without googling it i will give you a hundred dollars I think it would take me too long to even Google it. Like, I don't even think I'd have that chance. Uh, Warren Weir. Janoy Thompson. Of course, Janoy. 20.21. Good news is, I mean, he was born in 96, so he's only 22. But there's just no depth there. There's no depth there. And then the opposite is happening for the United States. I mean, it seems like they're building up a good group there. Uh, You know, you have Gatlin... Uh, phasing out, and you have Mike Rogers phasing out, but with Coleman, with Lyles, and with Baker, uh, Kendall Williams, I mean, he was a junior this year for Georgia, was third in NCAA. I mean, he ran 10 uh, and 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 Burrell, like Isaiah Young, is, is still around, too. You have a solid crop there. Um, I mean, you wouldn't even pick Jamaica for second no in a, no in a four by one like i mean they're like i mean jimmy vico yeah. ran 991 this weekend so did sue from china mm-hmm. uh sabine you know that uh south african team is really good yeah um yeah they would i mean they're obviously they, they had that such that crazy crazy run and you know the women's side maybe not quite as uh looking as bad as the men's side is currently mm-hmm. uh you you know still have elaine thompson who i don't know if she's gonna ever be like elaine thompson Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I still think she's a, you know, a finalist and and certainly possible medalist. But yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, China has two guys nine nine seven or faster this year. Yeah, and Jamaica has none. It's it's crazy. Like that's why I, when I was writing it, I was like, oh, what's the best way to express this? Is it to say that the U.S. could beat them, or it's that Jamaica is not even a medal threat? And I'm like, right. it Jamaica's not even a medal threat because it's not even about then what the United States does. It's just the fact that there's no depth here, and there's no, there's no top line star for the Jamaican men in the hundred and two hundred four hundred. They're they're solid. You know, Bloomfield and Allen are going to be good, but in the hundred two hundred, there's no top line star and there's no depth. There's no there's nobody there. I mean, Italy had a guy go under ten this year. Yeah, and, and Blake just I mean he's he's just kind of filler at this point. I mean, like you know he he he's might be able to it, make a yeah. final. But sure. that's that's about the best you can kind of hope from him. At, I mean, not hope, but like that's the best you can expect from him at this point. Just because I, I just don't know what you know what you're getting out of him. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's wow it's it's really really weird um just to you know and and they could still obviously turn it around and you know they could have a few 16 year olds who are sure phenomenal right now but it's just it's so weird that they went from i mean it would be like if in five years kenya had like three 209 marathoners and that was like their yeah what they had going for him he'd be like wait wait what what how well well that's a great analogy and also you're right the 16 year olds could pop up but also we're at a point now i think we're close enough to 19 and 20 that someone would be showing something if they were going to become a star then, right? Like, yeah, it's not like we're going to wake up in 2020 and all of a sudden there's going to be a kid, you know, who's, who's running 9-8. I, I just don't – I think the story in 19 and 20 is again going to be – especially in 19, the story is going to be, again, Jamaican men's sprinting, struggling, and what happened. And they, these last couple of years, I mean, it's right in front of everybody to see it. It's very clear. I just think Bolt's been able to cover it up for many, many years because the depth has dissipated throughout the last couple of years, and then you take away Bolt, and there's no one there. It's going to take a while to get built back up again. I'm not yeah. saying it. And and it probably will happen, I would guess, but, if they've done it once. It may not be the same way. It may not be one guy, and then you're building up around him. But it's, it's going to happen again, but I just think it's going to take a while because there's, there's nothing there to draw from. And any 16-year-old who's running really fast right now, like Christopher Taylor, 17-year-old, whatever, like it's going to take them a while to, to establish themselves and get up to where um, the event is right now. Meanwhile, the U.S. just – I mean, this is where population really helps. Right, <laughs> Having yeah. Having million, millions and millions of more people really helps. Yeah, it's – man, Omer, Omer McLeod's probably the best 100-meter runner in Jamaica, right? I mean, he's broken 10. Right, I mean, like if you had if him and Blake square off right now, like I think I'm. Well, I mean, it's close, it's close, but still, and he's still great. Well, so at least they have one star on the men's side still. Mm-hmm. Any other highlights from Paris for you? Um, let's see, nothing else too crazy. Um, that women's open four was kind of interesting, just because. <laughs> Just as I was watching it, uh, is it Nasser or Nasser? I've always said Nasser. Nasser, me too. Okay, so but I just feel like I'm always pronouncing everything wrong. We can be wrong wrong together if you want. Yeah, that's it. I'm fine. You know, misery loves company. Um, She is so small, like, and it's just shout out to Soul Asylum. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's so like because she's just literally surrounded by just giants, basically. And I mean, she won this. She won forty nine five five, which is you know borderline world lead. Um, so she's you know legit, very 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 good. Um, but I just it, it's crazy watching her run because I mean she she literally looks a foot shorter than everybody else, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter at all. And Courtney Acolo, like do something. What are you good? At, what are you doing? I'm sick of expecting her to be great. I don't know what the, what Courtney Acolo is at this point. She she said at USA she's like she didn't know what was wrong. She was like still figuring out. Like she's usually really good the last one fifty, and she just doesn't have it. I'm willing to. This is this is the first one after USA's, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like what what, what did Wembley run? Because Wembley was forty nine five at. Yeah, uh, U- uh, USA. But she was fifty flat, right? That's the part uh, of the show when Jason and I Google. Yeah, we know Wembley was fifty point eight at at this meet. Yeah, I'm willing to. 
lay off Ocolo for a little bit. She, she give her a little bit of time. She ran fifty one fifteen. She just hasn't run like. Is she running in Lausanne? Um, that's a good question. I didn't write her down because I didn't feel like she deserved it. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think she is actually. Okay, uh, I'm just saying. No, you're right. Like. If you're making the top five, and we did this in the office, and it, did we do this on this show too? The top five American women in the 400. We did not. Cause she's, I mean, she's not on the list. No. Right now, but that doesn't mean she can't be, and she doesn't mean she can't be by the time the meets start mattering again. Because look, look at the U.S. 400 running right now. Felix obviously is still there. You have Phyllis Francis, who's the reigning world champion, mm-hmm. right? You have Shakima Wimbley, who just ran 49.5. You have Lena Irby, uh, freshman, who just broke 50. You have Sydney McLaughlin, who did not break 50 this year. <sighs> uh, you have Kendall Ellis, who made the world championship team this year, and if not for Irby, would have won the NCAA title. Uh, also broke collegiate records indoors and had that crazy anchor leg. Mm-hmm. That's six before you even get to, like, Okolo, Hastings, Jessica Beard, who ran 50 low. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jason, and tell you something that you probably didn't know and most of the listeners who are familiar with track didn't know. U.S. deep in the women's 400. <laughs> Not terrible somehow. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know why it took so long to explain a very obvious point, but there no, it is. No, but it is it is a good point just because, I mean, she you know, she runs 49.7 in NCAAs, and it's like, okay, like this, she's going to be a star. And I certainly was on that that list of people who thought that. Um but it just she just hasn't taken you know that step for not not even step forward she's taken steps back I, she just I feel like she's not even in contention but you know she's finishing most races it sure. seems like she's fifth sixth seventh like it's I don't know I and she like she said she doesn't know what's wrong she's twenty four so it's far from far from done mm-hmm. but yeah especially when you have to go through that gauntlet that is the you know the, the U S women's four hundred like she's not even a relay alternate right now okay but if we're gonna say people are in trouble or people are having problems mm-hmm. allison felix is gonna have a tough time making the 400 team next year oh, I'm just unquestionably. Gonna, i mean phyllis francis has the bye because she's world champion so assuming francis beats her then um she could you know she needs to be in the top four not top three it's that's gonna be tough and i just want to get on record of saying that right now <laughs> I really didn't I, have more to add. <laughs> I it. mean, I think if Sydney was running next year, I'd take Sydney over Allison Felix. But I, I don't think you know Sydney's going to run it next year. Uh, yeah, I still I think Felix will make it. But no, I agree. It's it's not an easy. It's like, not a lock for sure. It's USAs. not close to a lock. Yeah, and like I said, if you throw if you threw Sydney in there on top of that, like that would just make that team that much harder. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go ahead and bet against Allison Felix, but you're right. It's it's far from a guarantee. Yeah. She just ran a – what she just ran? 100? Wasn't that quick. Um, I mean, her 100, 200 days are done. Well, what did she just run? She just ran something. But, like, as, like, a major player. Like, I, I just don't think she has the sp- – I mean, she barely had the speed for the 100. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, when she was running in there for a little bit. Like, I mean, she – was an Olympic finalist and, and borderline medalist. So I guess saying that is, is ridiculous, but she was so good in the two. Um, the one just didn't make as much sense. And I even think even the two is, you know, at this point, I mean, she didn't make the team a couple few years ago. So I think, I think that the 200 part of her career is done. The 400, I, you know, I still think she can run sub 50, uh, but she, I mean, she's been running forever. It's, 
it's hard here's to keep one. doing that. Here's the four. So the four hundred this year. She ran a four hundred in Marseille. On when was this meet? She ran fifty two oh one. She lost to Perry Shake Straighten. Oh, this was on the sixteenth of June. So this is middle of the month. Hmm. I didn't even remember that happening. I don't remember it happening either. But she ran fifty two oh one. I mean, I think she this year is just gonna be a wash for her. Whatever kept her out of pre. Um, yeah. Obviously, was serious, and now she's just gonna wait because there's no there's no point in her uh, rushing back this year. But I think yeah. That's going to be tough. And then you go to the Olympic year where there is no buy. So only three are going to go. This is yeah. why they call it this. A lot of people disagree with me, but I say it's the hardest team to make. <laughs> the United States track team as a whole, not just this event. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's jump over to – oh, let's talk about Sergei Shubenkov. And just as we were getting ready to go all in on the low hurdles as opposed to the high hurdles for the men. Yeah. Shubenkov pops a 1292 today in Hungary, Jason. Yeah, that I mean, he ran he ran really well in pair. I mean, he ran thirteen oh five in the prelims, and then it was a there was like four false starts in the high hurdles uh, in Paris <laughs> for the final, and I was just it was even painful to watch. So I kept fast forwarding, trying to just get through. Like, <laughs> and then he was arguing about it, so because I was just like, okay, like just let's run this race. Um, so obviously, I mean, thirteen oh five already is you know, right there and you're, you're going to have a good chance to win any high hurdle race you do. 1292. Nah, I mean, you're really going, we, we don't see a ton of sub thirteens, uh, in the past couple of years. So man, yeah, he, he might be, I mean, McLeod, I feel like hasn't lost in a while. He probably did lose one at some point, but like he, he's been so dominant. Um, but man, yeah, Shubenkov's 1292. I, we, I, I would take him over anybody right now. Even Grant Holloway. Even even your boy. Yeah. It's exciting. I was just I was getting a little down on the hurdles, just like last week. The one tens I was texting you. Mm-hmm. So what would it what would it mean for I mean Shubenkov getting into eight, you know, twelve he gets under twelve nine, I mean twelve eight's the world record. Right. I just I want an authorized neutral athlete to set a world record so bad. Like that just would be <laughs> so amazing. Just <laughs> what kind of celebration happens? I don't even know. We'd need, we'd need a song for an authorized neutral area or athlete record. I don't well, know. it would be, didn't we say that the official song, if they won, when they win medals, should have been Blues Traveler Runaround? That's true. John Pop, when John Popper on the... I guess, I guess we, yeah, we could just roll with that for a world record as well. Yeah, I like coffee and I like tea. <laughs> uh, in the midst of slamming Jamaican sprinting, I should mention Shrieky Jackson. 2205. Yeah. In the 200. She's been running really well the 200 this year. I don't know if she can match up with Shawnee Miller. That seems like a tough task, but she's she's right there. And with Bowie out, it's a pretty good. I don't know, man. Women's sprinting is really interesting right now. Yeah. Like some, you know, they say any, anybody could win. Like in the women's 200, if I gave you a Hore, Tolu, a healthy Tori Bowie, Prandini, Shippers, Sharika Jackson, Elaine Thompson. Oof. Who am I missing? You basically just named most of the women's hundred in Lasan this week. Well, oh yeah, that's right in front of me. Okabare, there you go. But like, if I gave you that field in the yeah two hundred, like, would anybody have greater than like? No one would have a greater than twenty percent chance of winning, right? Like, if you did the odds. Yeah, it's. It's a complete 
just wild card. I, I don't know how you pick it at this point. Um, yeah, it's really it, it. Yeah, across the board. I mean, it's in the hundred as well. I you know I guess you know, I feel better about like Ivory Coast than anybody else just because they've been running best this year. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like Tolu and Ahore have like been better than everyone else so far, but. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea who, what to expect. And like I said, Elaine Thompson is the, the biggest wild card of them all. You know what they should do? Hmm. They should have a meet to decide who's the best. That's the a good idea. Like, do it yearly? But then, like, well, skip, one, skip one every once in a while? Well, it can't compete with the World Cup, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to add about Lasan? You've been peppering that in throughout the show. I don't know if there were any other events you have highlighted. No, that, those were the main ones. Um. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, men's two, women's fifteen are the are the two really really big ones. Women's eight's basically everyone besides Semenya, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that women's hundred, like you said, is a complete complete wild card. The other races, it's mainly you know maybe one runner in there who who you mm-hmm. want to watch or something, but not not su- not insanely strong. All right, let's go to email houseofrun at gmail dot com. We're going to save the long one for last, so Jason can get ready to, to read that right. one. Start sipping the tea to make sure your voice is ready. Absolutely. Uh, and then we'll also, we have, I think we have a voicemail. Well, these are not voicemails that aren't important because they just say your account needs help. So we're going to delete those. <laughs> uh, but we got, I think we got one or two from Chief. Mm. Oh, we got two, we got two, we got back to back from Chief. So I'll read a bunch of emails. We'll answer them. Then we'll do... You'll do, you'll do the long one, and then we'll do Chief. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Brian, emailer for only from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania. Drink. This is his, this is his most recent one. Uh, he wrote in today, actually. He says, I'm a Rye Benjamin fan, so Jason can talk up Samba all day <laughs> long. I thought you were the one talking up Samba. Well... I don't remember. I mean, I I'm I'm definitely been talking them up still, but yeah, I I mean, I want those two to square off. Benjamin and Norman's runs in Paris are very impressive. I have three matchups that I'm looking forward to this year. One, Houlihan versus the world in a fast fifteen hundred. Debaba, Muir, Hassan, Simpson, Semenya. Is he getting that this weekend? Yeah, most of it. We got no Debaba and no Simpson. Um, but I mean, you do have yes Semenya in there. You have our Laura. Um. And then you have like Sayum, Sagai, Hassan is in there, Chibet, Chipkoskai. So I, that's, I think I think this counts. He also wants to see Norman versus Lyles at 200. Done. Lasan is where you want to be. Benjamin versus Samba at 400 hurdles. Mm, sorry. Lasan, 2019 is where you want to be. <laughs> Just wait a year. Uh, it was cool to watch Semenya, he says, throw down without rabbits in Paris. I was surprised to see so many Americans in both genders of the 800. Three rounds at USA's with a final only six days prior and travel across the world. Nonetheless, the Americans showed up and ran well. That's right. Um, Isaiah Harris set a personal best, 144 low. Was he fourth or fifth in that 800? Yeah, that was a – it was pretty, like, fairly fast, like, good good race, um, the 800. It was, it was a fun one to watch. And also, Murphy just ran 144.69 in Hungary. So both of those guys in their first race – in in Europe, well, for Harris, lifetime best. Murphy, season best, right? He hasn't run that. He hasn't run 144 this year. No, I don't think so. 
Uh, he says, the spider Timothy Chariot also crushed the 1500 field. Looking forward to seeing what he can do at Monaco. What matchups are you most looking forward to this summer? Regards, that is Brian, the emailer, formerly from Rally. But now, from Pennsylvania. Which ones? Do you got a couple, Jace? Uh, I mean, mainly what he was talking about is, is right up there. Um, those are... Those are three of the top. Uh, you know, I'd throw a couple other people in that 200 if I could, but I yeah. can't get I can't get too picky. Um, and then, I mean, if we're getting really crazy and we just want to throw stuff in there, I'll take a you know Van Niekerk Norman. Come back, come back, Wade. Like that, yeah. <laughs> throw 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 me some of that, and uh, and then I'm satisfied. A healthy Van Niekerk versus Norman right now. That would be that would yeah. be fun. You want to see Houlihan v the world, right? Like that's oh, just absolutely. Yeah, the way she's been running in the fifteen. Yeah, you want somebody from the you know who's in the United States or so, just in general somebody who's been just on such a tear, running in a race where there's a legitimate chance that they could translate what they've been doing um, to an even higher level. That would be that would be cool to see. Yes, obviously bummed about the foreign hurdles. I'd like to see Christian Coleman back. That would be that would be fun in the hundred v v Baker. Yeah. Oh, and I and, want Sydney to run an open four. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Or four hurdles. I'd, I'd take anything. Yeah, I mean, that'd be fine too. But at this point. But yeah, that's. I'm not. I'll tell you what, I'm not that excited about. Not to be a downer, but I'm really not that excited about anything 1,500 meters and up right now, especially on the men's side. Women's, yes. Men's, no. Yeah, the women have made it much more exciting. The men's races, yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, there was a decent uh, field in the 5K here at, at Lausanne this week. It's just. I don't know how fun it's going to be to watch. You know, I I'll, I will watch it, and it could end up being great, or it yeah. could just be kind of everyone kind of looking around. And, Ra- I'm ready for them to get rid of rabbits in the 1500. Yeah, I want all the Ingerbritsons in there too. Just throw them all in there. That's the only way I'm watching. The elder elder Inger, elder Britson. Uh, I forgot the other ones already. Middle Britson. Middle Britson. And little Britson. Little Britson. That's right. Okay. Rob G in NYC Ooh. writes in, wants to talk about the Knicks. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's actually a Giants question. He says, love the podcast, gets me through my subway commute once a week. That's awesome. Uh, I hear the subways are kind of rough these days, so glad that we can make it a little easier if possible. Good to hear some club team shout-outs in the podcast. Competing in nationals is the ultimate goal for many club runners. In response to A.A. Ron's question, Best kit is the Central Park Track Club from New York City. Yes, I'm a member. Yes, I'm biased. Provides a link here to the men's and women's kits here. Ooh, these are. Uh, did you click on this? Yeah, that's, that's a good looking. Let's see. I look at the women's too. So the men's kit has like a. It's a black jersey. It almost looks like a maple leaf, right? That's what I was. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But it's uh, it's a sharp looking kit. I like it. Uh, he says, side note, grew up in KC. I do agree. Zardas Barbecue is awesome. I miss the burnt ends. This show is just, it's going to be titled Six Degrees of Zach Zarda <laughs> because that's really what it's all it's turning into. That is amazing. We have a guy riding the subway in New York City who has been to the barbecue restaurant owned by the family of a 10,000-meter runner who Jason brought up randomly <laughs> because his name and his club sounded cool. Yep. And his connection to Zach Morris. All right, Timmy Two Shoes. Howdy, House. I must admit that this email is particularly, partially, excuse me, the result of Kevin saying that Brian, the smaller, formerly, oh, sorry, 
Formerly from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania, Q. Jason. Drink. Should say the email or it says smaller. Was going oh. to write in next week, so you should read his email on this week's show. Done and done. The other reason for this email is the postscripts I had in my last message referring gr- rather grimly to Des's departure. See, we read these out of order, but that's okay. I had more thoughts on the topic, but as my last email is already rather long and rambling, so unlike me, I know I decided to give the topic the space it, uh, I think it needs. With that, I'd like to hear your opinions on potentialities for Des Linden's runner-up to 2020. Run-up to 2020, and I'll try to word them so that Jason can give them his answers in Vegas-style odds. Here we go. So he's referring, of course, to Des Linden leaving the Hansons Brooks team. Yeah. Who she trained with. Still going to be with – she said she's still going to be with Brooks. But anyway. So here uh, – odds, Jason. Ready? Okay. I'll do my best. How likely is it that Des winds up leaving Michigan? Oh. Um, I would think it's fairly likely if you're leaving the, the group itself because you're going to go somewhere else. It's I don't cold. know. What do, you, what do you think on this? I need some help. Well, you're the odds guy. Uh, well, I think she'll like keep a house there. I just don't think she'll train as much. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It's like she would go somewhere else to, to train. Yeah. I wouldn't I, think Michigan's the, the necessarily ideal place to be nope. like year-round training to begin with. Um, 50%. Yeah, that sounds good. When all sales, B, B, will Des seek out a new coach? And if so, whom would be the most likely contender? Uh, I'd say, yeah, there's a very good chance she got a new coach, whether it's the Bible or something else like we've seen other runners do. I, um, think, I think almost she might just do it solo. Like yeah? It, it sounded like she wasn't getting coached much in the lead-up to Boston, and it worked. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, you've been around long enough. You kind of know what, what works for you. You'd think you'd have, like, a – just someone to, like, to, you know, bounce ideas off or sure. as a reference point kind of thing um, would be my guess. But it, it – she, she, it wouldn't shock me. I guess she, she's the kind of runner who I could see just being like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. So, yeah, because I can't think of, I mean, maybe someone like Terrence Mahone or something like that. Like he's in, he's in San Diego, and that's where she's from. Maybe that's complete speculation, by the way. That's not. I have, I have no inside information. info from Kevin. <laughs> I have no information on that specifically. I'm just throwing a name out there. Uh, C, probably the easiest one here. Will Des stick with Brooks as a sponsor? That is. I would put that, well, I don't know odds, but I'd put that at 95%. Yeah. I don't know when her contract's like supposed to run or how long it's supposed to run for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't think at this point that, that, yeah, she would leave it. It just seems very, like it'd be a weird time to leave your sponsor. I, I, yeah. Well, I they're going to really pay see her a ton of money. I would think, hope so. Boston, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and finally, what are the odds Des doesn't make the Olympic team to Tokyo? Here we go. This is mm. this is this is a Jason question. This is more up my alley. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Uh, so this is man, this is a tough one though because so we have obviously a very strong female mar- uh, American marathon crop, uh, but she's running really well. We got two year, well, year and a half until trials. Mm-hmm. The odds that she does not make it. They're still higher than you think they should be. Thirty uh, percent. So seventy percent chance she makes it. Yeah. Is that too high? Okay. No. It's tough. No, I think. I mean, who's a lock right now for the marathon team for the women? Uh, 
I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't really say there's a lock. I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, because the, in, the injuries alone will obviously, yeah, will probably determine at least one person's future. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and I mean, even then, you know, even if you have a, a fully healthy people across the board, Lyndon is among the favorites, but even then, she's not a standout favorite. Sure. So, it's tough. Well, yeah, I almost think the reason why I'd put it that high. In part is, yeah, she ran well and she just won Boston, but just the uncertainty that surrounds everybody. It's not like the men where you're like, all right, Rupp's in. Right. Now, who, now who are the other two? You don't you don't really have that because of the potential for injuries, retirements. And people. the excessive depth, depth as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Timmy Tushu's closes with Sydney. What's supposed to be my sign-off now that you've chilled out? <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Um, let's go to Eric. He says, Eric from Columbus, Ohio here, men's 10,000-meter world record holder from May to July of 1924, mild world record holder from 1931 to 1933, and marathon world record holder from 1947 to 1952. I hope when we do the next meetup where you're there too, people like just introduce themselves to us that way. Yeah. Hey, I, hey hi. I held the record back in uh, 1913. <laughs> you, you, might, you might have heard of me. I'm not from 1913, but if I were... <laughs> couple quick things, Eric says. Since withdrawing from pre, I have happened to catch Allison Felix running multiple races in Poland and slowly. Well, see, so there you go. We got some intel. Was there ever any explanation given for her change in season strategy, injuries, etc.? She has indicated she would race through 2020. No, I haven't heard anything. And that's my assumption, too. Is she going through 2020? Something happened at pre that's never happened before. Wherein, during the broadcast, they said, Allison Felix is a late scratch. The meet director doesn't know why she scratched. Otto Bolden reached out to the people he knew, and they don't know why she scratched. So when you get to that level, right. the amount of people that Otto Bolden knows in the track and field world and the amount of information that Tom Jordan, the pre-classic meet director, knows pretty much encompasses all the United States and most of the world. And if they don't know, <laughs> it's, it's a closely guarded secret. Could be nothing, could be something, but nobody nobody really knows at this point. And... Yeah, I forgot to I forgot the the races in Poland, and we mentioned before that race uh, in France where she ran fifty two. But yeah. Jason still has her on the Olympic team for sure. I I still feel good about it, but I'm worried a little bit for sure. On a weirder note, former Olympic five thousand meter gold and silver medalist Dieter Bauman, the young folks don't remember Dieter Bauman. He's the guy who eventually tested positive and said he had uh, his toothpaste was spiked. Uh, appears to be an entertainer of sorts now, a a cabaret act filled with music, running, and jokes. Based on the images, it doesn't look amazing. Can you think of other post-Olympic medalist careers that are odd like this? Man, that guy, he should go to Vegas, right? That's like something you'd see. Clicking on this link now. He's making a very weird face on the the head there, here. (laughs) And he gets Um, stranger as you scroll down. Yeah, it's, there's a lot. This website is not its not good for mobile. Let me just say that. Uh, maybe it's better on PC. But, um, yeah, he's got a... I, I don't know what tricks he's doing, but in this one, he's got a pen in his mouth and a piece of paper sticking to it. So that seems like fun. Um, weird website, for sure. I would go see the <laughs> show. Yes. So oh, I'm do you know curious. who's going to be... I'm assuming this is in somewhere in Germany, correct? Like this is in Berlin? I would assume so. Our friend, our friend Sarah is moving. 
or has spent time in Germany. So oh. maybe she could get, get 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 to the bottom of this immediately. I want to I want a full report from the Dieter Bauman <laughs> the Dieter Bauman uh, cabaret act. Other side note, Olympi- Eric here uh, apparently was like a four oh eight miler because that's when the world record would have been back then. So oh really? It's pretty good. Uh, that's very oh, wow. good because no, I'm not even close to that. Uh, I can't think of any other post-Olympic. I mean, Marty LaCorey like plays jazz guitar in Gainesville, but that's just kind of cool. Like, who wouldn't want to do that if you could? Uh, I can't yeah, think of. Hmm. A lot of them are coaches. A lot of them are teachers. Right. That's kind of yeah, par for the course. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Should we go back to Timmy Two Shoes? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go back for the second time. What up, Ludicrous? Uh, <laughs> Timmy Two Shoes here. He says, I'm assuming uh, you're going to have a decent amount on this week's show. This is last week's show. Uh, about Drake track, barbecue, rain delays. <laughs> okay. Uh, he said, I've been weirdly hyped on Western states. We're getting into some ultra talk here, Jason. Oh, okay. Ever since I saw the midday treat with NAZ Elite video, which Ben Rosario interviewed Jim Walmsley and Eric uh, Sensiman, both live in Flagstaff and are members of the Coco Nino Cowboys, Jim Crush. The fact that I can't pronounce any of these names and they're unfamiliar <laughs> to me just shows you how much uh, attention I pay. Um, admittedly, not going to cop to any advanced knowledge here on, on ultras. Jim crushed the course record at Western by over 16 minutes, running 14 hours, 30 minutes, 4 seconds for the 100-mile course. Oh. It was his third attempt at the course record, having taken the wrong turn in 2016 after leading for over 90 miles and then dropping out in 2017. Admittedly, I'm not one to follow the ultra scene very carefully, but Jim's personality and performances seem to have broken through to the general running culture, the ultra equivalent of Christian Coleman's 40-yard dash, which I think was elevated by the whole third times a charm aura around his quest for the course record. Interesting side note regarding the Cowboys, the entire five-person training group qualified for Western States this year, which is Bowerman Track Club at the 2016 trials level bonkers in terms of success rate. On the women's side, 22-year-old Australian debutante Lucy Bartholomew led for the first half of the race before being passed by 100-mile veterans Courtney Dowalder and Caitlin Gerben. Bartholomew was also on record pace early, and although the course record eventually slipped away, Courtney Dowalder wound up running the second fastest time ever on the course in 17 hours, 27 minutes, and one second. Shouts to Nick Bassett for becoming the oldest finisher of Western States at 73 years young. Wow to think that what? a dude three times older than me uh, is running 100-mile trail races when I'm over here worrying about my first crack at a flat 26.2 on the roads. With that, which NCAA athlete would you all think would make the best ultra runner? Walmsley was a finalist in the steeplechase while at the Air Force Academy. Uh, P.S. Oh, and then he talks about the, the Des thing that we answered. He does mention In Bruges in there, which is one of I, I, a movie, one of my favorites. Yeah. So which athlete? Best <sighs> who can actually like? It's just like who could actually endure that? What they do? Like it's it's not that I don't like care about that. I I just I don't I, I can't even fathom the ultra marathon scene. Like it's something so yeah. crazy to me. A hundred miles, and and I had to do some some quick math. I, I think. Basically, that that men's world record. I think he ran eight forties ish, for for that world record. Uh, I, I just I can't like it. My mind doesn't wrap around it. it. It's those people are absolutely incredible. But as far as like which NCAA athlete, I think a lot of them could succeed, um, and one percent of their bodies slash their minds could hold <laughs> up through a hundred miles. Yeah, 
That's a good point. I thought it when I read this email last week. I thought of somebody, and it was a really smart point. One of the better points I've made <laughs> of my life, and now I can't remember. Maybe, maybe I was just thinking Ben Flanagan, but he won the 10K, so he's not gonna. Right, well, I guess is it is the question who would be the best or who would actually do it? Uh, he did say who would make the best. It wouldn't it? Yeah, just be the best 10K. I, guys. Yeah, I need to train them. Yeah, right. I mean, that's but like I said, it just it takes a different level of person to 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 be able to do that. I assume because I've never tried, and nor would I. Justin Knight should do ultras. He would probably be good. <laughs> yeah, uh, we that also last got an... kick would be great. <laughs> we also got one from Greg in Boston about Western states. Um. He said, those, those who don't know, it's a 100-mile trail race through the Sierra Nevadas in Northern California. Uh, no, I didn't actually run the race, but I was there to crew for a friend of mine, and I paced him for 18 miles. Seeing what he went through gave me a whole new perspective on pushing through pain in that I hope to bring to my own races on the track and in cross-country. He runs for a club team in Boston. As someone with no knowledge of ultra running, this is a great introduction to the sport and this particular race. Western States is like the Boston Marathon of ultra running in its history, community support, an emphasis on competition over running fast times. Also, like Boston, Western States is made more exciting by the number of variables that impact the athletes and make the race unpredictable. For example, it was 47 degrees when the race began, but the midday high was over 100. To combat the heat, the race provided 65 pounds of ice per runner that I saw stuffed into hats, bandanas, arm sleeves, bras, shorts, and just about everything else at the aid stations along the trail. Jim Walmsley won the race, course record. Emotional victory for him after he made the wrong turn. Okay, leave Jim Walmsley alone about the wrong turn. Ah, <laughs> uh, classic Walmsley. Uh, also, Jim Walmsley is on, like, the Fred Curley team of names that would have worked in the 1900s. 100%. Early, 19- yep. early 1900s. Uh, well known for his confidence. Some might say overconfidence. And after winning Western States, one of his goals is to move down to the marathon. He thinks he can run sub-211 and qualify for the Olympics. Even if you think he's just talking trash and overestimating his ability, Walmsley's a fun guy to follow and makes every race he enters more exciting. Definitely a fan after this weekend. That's Greg in Boston. Love to see it. I mean, I'd love to see it in the same way. I'd love to see what Gwen Jorgensen's doing, too, with the crossover. Yeah, and now you're talking over 100, mi- 100 degrees in a 100-mile race. Like, what? <laughs> I, this, is, this is what I'm saying. I can't fathom what's going on. I mean, hey, it's been 110 here for the past two weeks. Like, fine, but I've also spent less time than the 14 hours outdoors <laughs> in the last two weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, I, I want to see good old Walmsley um, come down to the, to the marathon. If he can run some 211, he's got a chance to be the second best American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's... Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it. I'd yeah, love to see I mean, it. I don't know if he can, but that would that would make him probably yeah the the you know best chance to to make the Olympic team outside of Rupp. Jason, you're discounting all those sub two ten guys. <laughs> so many. You're just better at your pick. That's what that's what this is. Huh? Hey, I'm just hey if if Jim Walmsley was the reason I won that prediction, that would be the greatest pick for me <laughs> of all time. Uh, Brian Wilson, not the Beach Boy, writes, and he says, despite being frustrated by the numerous scratches and no-shows at USA's this year, I'll admit it was still pretty exciting and pretty entertaining me to watch. Here's a handful of questions I expect you guys to have flawless answers to. So this was a, a last week's one, but, so we'll see if there are any of these we missed. Lyle's win in the 100 was, in my opinion, highlight of meet, but do you think Lyle's would still have the gold if Coleman and Gatlin were in the mix? Gatlin, yes. Nah, Coleman, yeah, Gatlin, yes. Yeah, that's that would be I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, Healthy, hundred percent indoor Coleman. I'll no, Coleman. yeah, yeah. 
When are we going to see a Lyles, Gatlin, Coleman, Baker, 4 by one Is there anyone in the world can stop them? Ha-ha. We just talked about that. Um, not until 2019. Yeah, at the earliest. <laughs> That's it. Just the baton. Did Shelby Holand just finish her undergraduate degree in tactics? She made that double <laughs> look, dare I say it, easy. Yeah, that was she, – she got her degree we like straight to, from the source. We haven't talked about the easy double in a while. That's true. Every once in a while, I, get, I see it get thrown out on Twitter, which I appreciate. I want it to, you know, to stay alive. But uh, easy double is meant for the championship year, Kevin. It's, uh, it's <laughs> not quite the same in uh, non-championship years. How many more races does Kenny Harrison have to win before broadcasters stop talking about how she, quote, has trouble performing in high-profile races, end quote? Uh, I think she'd have to win, win the, the world championships or the, yeah, or, or the Olympics. It. Yeah. I know Clayton Murphy won, but does this really mean he's back? 146 is good and all, but I feel like he still has a long way to go to get back where it was. It's almost unfortunate he set the bar so high when he was so young. Well, I just ran 144.7, which there's no way closer. you would have known, known this because that's from the future. Yeah, but, I mean, I think more so than anything, it's like needing to be or wanting to be competitive in the race, right? Like, that's the that's the other part of it, too. Yeah, and, I mean, and he ran 142 when he was, you know, 20 or whatever, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think he can get back. Like, he's, he's you know, 144. This was a good time for him to have a non-championship year. Sure. Sure, yeah. I just think, I mean, 142.9 is what he ran when he got bronze. I mean, he was third in this race and behind Amos and, and Kipketer. So that's good, yeah. I mean, I think he's trending in the right direction. It's just, uh, yeah, him and, him and Barry and Embrasure, there's just so many interesting questions in that. Men's 800. His next question, Brian's, uh, why did Sydney leave us? I wish yeah, I knew. She had, a, she, had a, she had a busy season. She had a lot going on, non-championship year. I want answers for why Michael Norman scratched. All I found online was basically it rained, so his coach pulled him. I'm calling baloney. Yeah, get get uh, get over to Europe. I don't think you're upset anymore, though. Lasan, yeah. Lasan will make it all up for it, assuming he runs. Well, and Paris, <laughs> too, right? Like, he gets credit for that. No, he definitely does. But this, because this, I, I think part of the thing with you it was like the you know squaring off and kind of seeing what was going to be um but yeah i mean he's yeah if he runs you know paris slash lasan uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's enough to to forgive him i give i give the college kids a pass on where they race after the college season it is tough. a lot and he is running the you know yeah he's already you know ended himself in a lot of stuff so he's he could have you know sydney does but he's not, so I, I do appreciate yeah. that. Well, even I'm not going to Sydney Sydney either because she had a se- college season. Like her goal all year was like win an NCAA title, and she did. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, ne- now next year, and next thing, year, if they, but... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, next year if they only run like three races and one of them's against a school bus, then it's going to be different. <laughs> he says, finally, this is kind of unrelated, but in a meet preview on Flow Track, one of the hosts said, since not everyone shows up to USA's on off years, maybe we just shouldn't have USA's on the off years. Kevin, this man needs a stern talking to. Happy running, guys. Brian Wilson, not the Beach Boy. Yeah, I don't agree with all of Gordon's takes or most of Gordon's takes, but that's okay. You know, not everybody, yeah, go get not your everybody boy. has to agree. Go get your boy. No, I mean, you know, everybody disagrees. Everybody has different ways. I mean, if hey, you're going to not this one, since it's the greatest meet of the year is not here, let's get rid of another really great meet. Yeah, exactly. That'll that was solve my point. Like, yeah, like, and also you still need to have a U.S. championship. The problem is the it should go the other way, which is why is there no World Championships? Not yes. get rid of the U.S. championships. We try and we try, Jason. Let's go to 
Justin, and then I think you'll be up next with Alex, the mediocre sprinter. Oh, okay. This is Justin from Denver. It's time to disembark, he says. What are we disembarking? From the Huddle Shuttle. They don't even think about boarding the Simpson station wagon because the Houlihan Humvee (laughs) is pulling into the station. With Shelby Houlihan's performances at Pre, then her double at USA's, it is self-evident that a proverbial vehicle of some sort is needed for fans to jump on. But why a Humvee, you might say? Well, let me tell you. The Humvee is known as a massive hulking vehicle, able to handle whatever terrain is put in its way. Houlihan also is a hulking specimen of a runner standing at a towering 5'3", 115 pounds, with the ability to navigate some of the hardest terrain known to mankind, a flat oval. The parallels are unavoidable. The naming has nothing to do... Uh, with it being the only not terrible alliteration to Hulahan I could come up with. Also, to capitalize on this moment, I'm in development of the Hulahan Hula Hoop, the Hula Hoop with Kick. That's Justin from Denver. Uh, well done, sir. That's a great email. Just just well done all the way around there, Justin. Yeah, the Humvee. Um, I- I'm for it. Yeah, it's not a lot of other H's <laughs> no. to, to, to roll with here. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, the, the, the Hulahan Honda isn't really, you know, doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I mean, the Huddle Shuttle was good. Like Huddle Shuttle's great. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Houlihan Humvee, I, I'm I, I have, like, I, I'm about to, like, jump in. And I'm like, wait, what's going on over here? Oh, it's a meet that I need to watch really quick to determine if I want to buckle in or not. And then I'm going to find out. All right. Let's do Alex's email. It's titled Top 10 Track Memory. And he's, in a, he's talking about a funny race. So we'll do the – or we can do the voicemail first. Which do you want to do? I don't want to get too far afield here. Mm. Um, yeah, we could do You're, this one now. Okay. It's, cool. uh, it, it's quite a long one, but it's, it's, it's a great story. So from Alex, uh, let me tell you about a funny race. It was spring 2008. The sun was shining, and my high school boys lacrosse team was a bunch of hothead jerks <laughs> who thought they were better than they actually were. Makes sense. Uh, a few of the more annoying l- uh, lacrosse bo- uh, bros were below – bloviating Mm -hmm. i do not know that word uh about how they had the fastest kid in the state on their team and talking generally about how lame easy track was because all you do is run whereas they had to run but with a stick and a ball we (laughs) we've all heard it hundreds of soul deadening times from andy murray's first step to fictitious world high jump champions who (laughs) whose event specifically event specific training exactly zero to a more recent video of a badly hand-timed to running a 4-4 we get it world track is easy then it happened the entire solar system aligned lightning struck twice the fates flashed their gummy and toothless smiles upon our mid to prepubescent faces they they those demigod athletes at the very pinnacle of high school athletic achievement challenged us to a race now, I know what you're thinking. These guys will put their fastest against our fastest in the purest test of raw speed to see which, whose testosterone flow is the purest on the playground. To anyone who has learned what a proper block star can do, even this is a delicious proposition. Sadly for them, the fates were in a vengeful mood that day, and in their bloated teenage hubris, they agreed to not one, but two relay races, the 4x1 and the 4x4. Absurdly, they agreed to run the 4x4 first. In quotes, slight pause for dramatic effect. set the stage word has gotten out there is a crowd larger than any of the parent heavy congregations that gathered for the frosty early early season dual meets both coaching staffs are aware of what is going on and are standing by attentively their own pride on the line as they embark on the age-old male fantasy of vicariously declaring domination over a group of random 16 year olds (laughs) even my baseball coach uh knew of the race and let me skip the beginning of practice with a warning don't come back with a loss we got out to the teachers and administrators as well, and a small throng of them cropped up 
uh, at the turn heading into the home stretch, the so-called amen corner. <laughs> then the doubts creep in. We are running mostly distance guys in the 4x4. What if they can only run a bunch of 58s? What if they really do have an ace in the hole who can run a 51? What if we choke? What if we lose? That would be the end of us. Another shorter pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> the gun goes off. We ran Tim as our first leg. They ran Sean. Tim is a reliable 56 split, maybe 55 on a good day. Sean wore his backpack around the hallways of our high school with the straps all the way loose, so it nearly dragged on the ground. He also decided that he was going to be that 51 second ace in the hole. Spoiler alert, things do not go well for Sean. He runs a strong 150 and leads by about 20 meters. At 200, he has the faintest trace of fear in his eyes as he realizes he is only halfway done. At 275, Tim passes Sean on a relatively even pace. Sean uh, has the fear of God in him now. His legs are filling with cement. His breathing is erratic. Eyes wide, <laughs> arms cold. Mouth foaming? Rabies? Somewhere <laughs> deep down, he grapples with the crippling notion of existential inadequacy. But his immediate concerns are of the two pillars of salt that may have taken the place of his legs. At 300, my moment of zen. With flailing arms and spittle flying from his lips, he is rounding the amen corner to a chorus of ironic cheers from his classmates. Out from the crowd steps my chemistry teacher, who has apparently thrown the notion of adult neutrality into the wind. He steps right up to the edge of the track, cups his hands to his mouth, and bellows at the top of his lungs in, into the face of poor Sean. You better dig, kid. You got a long way to go. <laughs> Bravo, Mr. Stone. Bravo. <laughs> to make an already long story shorter, the rest of the race went exactly as expected. Sean did the skeleton dance for the remaining 100 and clocked in a 115. And I'm being generous. The distance kids absolutely housed the lacrosse team in the 4x4, a victory that I'm sure many of them carry close to their hearts to this day. <laughs> Boys lacrosse ran somewhere in the 420 to 430 range, just a hair slower than our girls' team at the time. The 4x1 followed about 15 minutes later and pitted the, quote, fastest in the state Taylor against our diminutive first leg Allen. The Asian persuasion lay. <laughs> we broke out the A-team for this 4x1, wanting to twist the proverbial knife into the hearts of these teenage boys who had just come face-to-face -face with the absolute vision of death, a.k.a. lactic acid, and limped away unbroken. Oh, limped away broken, excuse me. Unfortunately, there, were, there was no chemistry teacher standing in the corner to shout hysterically to the face of beleaguered, <laughs> acidosis-ridden teenager this time. But fortunately, Alan beat the so-called fastest kid by about a half a second, and it was off to the races. By the time I got the baton, my leg was a formality, and I could have walked... Whoops, I forgot to mention that they agreed to batons, which, surprise, <laughs> they sucked at. We were like Mike Moustakis in a beer league softball game. I crossed the lines <laughs> with the cheers of everyone who secretly hated the lacrosse team. Their anchor leg, Ryan, wobbled off the track anonymously and vomited blue Gatorade everywhere. Wait, the track what? team was feted by coaches, students, and faculties alike. Excuses piled up from the lacrosse team, but our dominance was such that nobody cared. The day was ours. The day was ours. Slow fade out. And then special addendum, the aforementioned state is Vermont, where the average athletic output is a cross between Ben, Jer uh, ben Jerry, and Bernie Sanders. So <laughs> notwithstanding the outliers such as Andy Weeding or Ellie Pierre making fastest kid in the state claims for someone with a modicum of athletic talent is not outlandish. Uh, one more, it's Vermont. I could play two sports somehow. Oh, that's his when he was talking about baseball coach. Mm -hmm. And that is Alex, former mediocre sprinter and lacrosse destroyer. So did this kid, Ryan, who threw up, he ran both? I guess so. I'm assuming that they, well, in my head, they had the same guys running both. Which, okay. yeah, running the 400 first made, I mean, there's no chance in the 100 at that point. I mean, maybe no chance to begin with, but. I mean, he's right. This is this is what they dream of, the fact that they actually agreed to it. And, yeah, man, that never I'm, happens. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's the best, is that, because, yeah, we, I mean, same way we would run the distance four by four at meet sometimes. And, you know, we did whatever. 
But if we would have run against any other sports team, mm-hmm. would have destroyed them. Yeah, we'd have been. Fun. I mean, most kids just playing a random sport don't really have the like endurance to run a four hundred. They don't realize surp- how long a four hundred is. Yeah, I'm surprised they they were able to handle them that easy in the uh, in the four by one. But I guess I mean lacrosse people are pretty. They're pretty stout. I would have thought they would have had a chance. But, yeah, man, you agreed to a re- I like that because it's had a very, like, old school meet me at the oak tree at 3 o'clock feel to it. Right. I liked it. Yeah. No, it was, and it was very well written. Um, sorry if I stumbled over some of the words. You got you have better vocabulary than I do. So, just well done. <laughs> Good job, Alex. All right, let's close now with Chief from Illinois. We got two in a row here. I'm sure they're fantastic. Absolutely. What a boy's chief from Illinois, I guess now Indianapolis, drinking milk, Braylon. Um, had a great time out at USA's. It was good catching up with you, Sully, seeing you out there. So that was awesome. A um, couple of questions from USA's. We all saw Jager win the steeple again. That gives him, I believe, seven in a row. How many more in a row can he get so i guess how many total in a row will he end up with um obviously i think he's got 2019 and 2020 so that'll give him eight and nine or nine and ten i can't remember i think eight and nine um how many can he get in a row and same question for lyles how many can he get in a row i know he ran the 100 coleman wasn't there is there any chance that he can upset coleman uh, next year uh, with that. Peace, boys. All right, that is Chief from Illinois. How many could Jager get? I mean, he's 29 right now, so he's still pretty young. Uh, and Chief more. was right. He's got seven. Yeah. So I'm going to say he gets... Uh, let's see. Uh, he gets to 11. That's what I said, four more? Yeah. yeah. I feel pretty good. I mean, obviously someone could come up and, and end up being, you know, really good, but Jager is already really good. I feel like for the next How old did you say he was? 29. 29. Yeah. You got to figure a lot of, well, I guess this would be 3 years, right? Cuz 19, 20, 21. A lot of athletes I think are going to go out with that world championship at Hayward Stadium. You'd think, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, at the same time 31 seems young for that. I, I mean, you could well, you know, maybe, or maybe they want to go through to 20, the 24 Olympics are in LA. So maybe they want to try to make it to the hometown Olympics. Right. And he can, which <laughs> that'll be 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. That would be six more. He, I mean, maybe so he'd be 35. I mean, that's not impossible. Yeah, Probably I mean, not. But as far as Lyles, yeah. I, I mean, Lyles certainly, is there any chance? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would take Coleman, but. Uh, we him on the hundred or the two hundred. Well, the hundred, yeah, and then the two hundred Lyles could be good, but Norman obviously could be right there too. I, I think it'd be hard. It's it's much harder. Well, I don't know if it's much harder necessarily to do it in sprints than it is in distance. I'm not sure what's much harder, but it's really <laughs> difficult to do that uh, in, in an event that's as loaded sure. as the sprints in the U.S. So, all right, let's look at part two of Chief's email. Yes. What up, boys? Chief again. Forgot to ask. Who was the biggest surprise at USA's as far as, like, either good or bad or biggest biggest winner, biggest loser, all that good stuff? Uh, for me, biggest winner has got to be Isaac York's, you know, coming in, very respectable, 
name, very respectable time, but he kind of just put it all together. With that, peace, boys. All right, looking back to USA's here. I mean, I hate to keep going back to the same names, but I think it's Houlihan and Lyles are are the big two. Right, yeah, Houlihan was my first thought. The losers, I mean, insofar as you can be a loser in a non-championship, I mean, Andrew's going out in the first round was pretty disappointing for him, um, especially because he won it last year and was going to ch- challenge Centro this year. But now it's got to feel like back to where he was even before because right. now not only did he not win, but Centro looked pretty good too. Yeah, that's good. I'm trying to think of anyone else who's really sticking out. Um, surprises now here. I'm just looking at the, the results here. You just want to read through them? Yes, just one by one. I'm going to go through everybody and see who it was. Uh, I mean, LeMong was oh, yeah. a surprise LeMong's for sure in the, in the 10. Um, that might have jumped out to me more than anybody else, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Houlihan and LeMong were the yeah the two biggest ones. Wembley, big run with the PR. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, forty nine five. I mean, that was how how much he won by and everything too was was certainly a surprise. House of Run at Gmail dot com, the email address. Thanks everybody for writing in. Follow us on Twitter at House of Run. Uh, we will be back again next week. We'll talk about Lasagne. Hope everybody gets a chance to see the meet on July the 5th. Probably conflicts with some World Cup, but make sure you tune over for Norman v. Lyles and Houlihan v. The World. Is that too much? No, I like it. <laughs> all right, you got anything else? Are we good? No, I think that's it. Just thanks for the all the emails. I'm glad we got, we got caught up, and uh, yeah, just the emails were fantastic as always. Yeah, it feels good to be caught up. When I'm not, when we have a queue, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel right. Now that we cleared it out, I feel good. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to refresh one more time just to make sure we don't have a new one. Oh, six more. No, just We're all good. We're all good. All right. Until next week. Jessica Ennis. LeBron James to LA. I don't get it. But do you get this? Rajon Rondo to LA. Really? I just got a text. Hilarious. That says one year. What is this? One-year, $9 million deal. What they really needed was a guy who needs the ball in his hands to do stuff and can't shoot <laughs> off the ball. That's, I, I think that's the perfect thing to compliment LeBron James.